0: You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. I was defending Steve Clifford.
1: (laughs) Steve Clifford, I think he did a great job. You sound just like that guy. It's Wes. He's going to ask you to come and do press conferences for him just behind a black curtain so he doesn't have to do it.
0: And Walker. I like Clifford, the the big red dog. It was my favorite childhood (laughs) book, getting in shenanigans. Uh, (laughs) I like dogs in general. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. That is a good book. Two o'clock on Wesson and Walker, and we found out something about Shroppy, man. I didn't realize that he was one of the Bryce haters on the text line. <laughs> but the call is coming from inside the house. He came in and said, after throwing two pick sixes, Bryce Young might not be the guy. I think everybody's agreeing with more so Shroppy than us as we defend the Bryce Young selection and his future. I didn't know that Shroppy was one of them. He's one of the texters, but he is. How does that make you feel? As you are the mentor, you've called yourself a million times to one young Shroppy.
2: Bryce Young is not the only Alabama rookie product that Shroppy has questions about.
0: Uh oh, Brandon Miller too.
2: After a three, after a three of twelve, <laughs> he loved cl- that guy at the at the beginning. <laughs> after a three for twelve performance last night, Shroppy had some questions about B Miller this morning. We were talking about it in the side studio. He's, I, he's coming
0: into his own i like the idea of Shroppy being the voice for the text line <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like if the text line grew arms and legs and quaffed its hair it would end up being Aaron shropshire <laughs> i love every bit thing about it that's your that's your representative it's Shroppy coming in questioning Get on the, the text franchise. line nerd yeah <laughs> oh we got that soundbite bite. it's too perfect <laughs> he is the text line in human form <laughs> we're gonna have to make some kind of segment about that, that would be hilarious alright, but not for this one though, not at 2 o'clock every day because that is reserved for one Josh Fiddy Marlowe, time now for the Live Wire Live Wire Connect Live Wire on the team, connect get respect for their realness I know you feel this they-
2: We got a live edition of the Live Wire coming your way, folks. And uh, yesterday, officiating around the NFL was was all around pretty crappy. Especially you go to Philadelphia where a hands-to-the-face flag somehow got got picked up. I, I wonder how that that happened. Bill Vinovich's crew, one of the better crews in the NFL, had the Panthers in the Colts game. For some reason, un, you know, un, unbeknownst to man. And there was a flag that Xavier Woods got flagged for on a hit, that even the receiver said was legal, and it really changed the outcome of the game. And here was what Frank Reich said about the penalty in, the, in his post-game press conference.
0: They talked about launching, you know, and thought that he hit him in the head and neck. And if he did hit him in the head and neck, it's a penalty, you know, I, I don't know. I'd have to see the tape. If it's launching, you know, launching isn't a penalty. Launching and hitting in the neck area, head or neck area, is a penalty. Launching and hitting in the body is not a penalty. So I don't know. I didn't see the replay, um, you know. But you know what? What I was told was that he launched and he hit him in the head and neck area. And if in fact that's what it was, then that's a penalty. If he launched and hit him in the body, then you know, then that's one that they got wrong.
2: Here's my question. I know that we get we complain about reviews and how long they take and that everything is reviewable. But aren't we at a point now with these types of penalties where they should be either a reviewable or b? challengeable because they dictate the outcomes of games on a week-in, week-out basis.
1: Yeah, they are huge penalties. I don't know if I would go as far as to say they dictate the outcome. I mean, football is so situational. You just never know, know what will happen in correspondence to something that happened before that. But they definitely create momentum. I'll give you that much. And so that's the thing about it. I thought that that was a clean hit by Xavier Woods and I thought that it was a terrible call and it did create momentum for Indianapolis' offense. And when they review it and still get it wrong, that's the part that's the most baffling to me. And I've said over and over again as an offensive guy, I certainly feel for defensive players it's next to impossible to play defense anymore if you hit a guy and it looks too violent they're going to throw a flag if there's any contact whatsoever there's going to be pass interference it's like how are these guys able to do it that's why you have to take your hat off to the really good defenses in this NFL because it is extremely difficult to play defense in this league with them penalizing things so much making it that much easier on the
0: offense well and if you look at Xavier Woods with this hit It doesn't even feel like he is launching a ton, right? I mean, he's not rearing back looking to destroy him. He he was right there. Woods is bracing himself. It's not even the hardest hit I've ever seen. There isn't helmet-to-helmet contact. If it is, it's just the grazing, and he's not even leading with his helmet. Xavier Woods isn't doing that. Michael Pittman, that's the most glaring part about all of this. It's It reminds me a little of James Bradbury after the Super Bowl when people thought that was an awful call of Bradbury holding Juju Smith-Schuster. And then Bradbury said, you know, I got caught. And then it just took all of this. It, it took everything out of the argument saying that was a, t- a terrible call. It, it's like this with Michael Pittman. Anybody defending Michael Pittman on that play and then Pittman coming out and telling you, no, nah, it was a clean hit. I mean, it takes the wind out of your sails. You just have no oomph anymore behind your argument. And so, it's really frustrating. And I'm with you, Wes. You and I both agree with this. I don't know if I'll ever blame the refs for a loss outright. Yeah. But Fiddy isn't wrong when you discuss a touchdown being scored there. A touchdown isn't supposed to happen. That's it. Drives over. But because of the wrong call, then they're able to score a touchdown because they're given a second chance. Look. Bryce Young, don't throw two pick sixes. That's how you can come back from that. But it certainly doesn't help that Carolina Panthers defense that made a good play. You take the good play away from them on a wrong call, and it's real unfortunate.
2: Speaking of Bryce Young, let's hear from the quarterback about his confidence going into the game on the road this week at Chicago after a 3-INT three, IT, a three INT performance against the Colts.
1: How's your confidence over going into Chicago? Doesn't change that. Um, you know, obviously... Um, have to be better um, obviously you things you want back uh, but you know it's part of the game it's what it is and um, you know as you know' so long season you you can't carry any of that over um, you gotta you know you gotta take from it you know watch the film um, we'll go over this stuff learn it learn from it um, correct correct it and then after that you know a resets.
2: Wes, you know football players' body language is as good as anybody in the room. Do you think Bryce Young is confident playing the quarterback
1: position right now? Oh, that's a that's a good question. I, I think Thank you. that I think that he's got I don't think his confidence is gone by any stretch of the imagination. But do I think he's playing with the full confidence is that he knows he's gonna come out? Dominate? No. I, I don't think that confidence is there. I think there's times where he's unsure of himself for sure because again I, I keep saying you think about how successful this guy's been pretty much his entire football life this is the first real adversity that he's had to deal with as far as losing on a regular basis making bad plays on a regular basis I would guarantee you he could probably count on two to three fingers the amount of football games he played up into the NFL where a loss was on actions that he had during said game so that's got to be something as well that's got him questioning himself I mean he's a human being so especially after a game like yesterday there had to be some times where he's like man do I really understand this stuff as much as I think I do
0: I don't know if he is I don't think he's lost a ton of his confidence I know that those picks were bad it didn't seem like leaky confidence picks to me though it felt like he missed his target it felt like there was the defensive there, so there was the defensive lineman on the really bad screen pass attempt that turned into a pick six. It felt like he was trying to throw it and lead Miles Sanders because the defensive lineman was in the way and he should have killed it. And then he air mailed it and just flat out missed. But it didn't seem like that was a leaky confidence type of interception. You also have the throw to Hayden Hurst, which yeah, Hurst is open, but man, he delivers that on a dime. And that was after Bryce Young had already made what was a crucial, crucial mistake. You do have a couple of other things where he's hanging in the pocket and then delivering the football. He's running it a little bit more, which I like. I I don't think that we've seen Bryce Young have a ton of confidence lost, even man, look, we had some not so good performances going into the Houston matchup and then he's going against the guy that people are claiming the Panthers should have taken and he gives you his best performance. I really hope that we don't see that on against Chicago. I, I really hope we don't see it. Maybe you're right, Wes. Maybe he doesn't show the utmost confidence that he used to have, but I don't know if I saw that in those interceptions that he threw. I think he just missed and he airmailed it trying to make the right decision. All right, I need to lead Miles Sanders a little bit more so. Whoops, I missed it and then Kenny Moore just picks it off because it goes right to him hopefully the confidence is there against Chicago
2: for some of us today is like Christmas because the college basketball season gets underway Duke preseason number two picked to win the ACC Carolina preseason number 19 Paul B Cardi he joined the Mac and Bones show last week to say why he sees them as 1A 1B this year in the ACC
0: Duke to me is one, and Carolina is right behind them, in my mind, 1A. They're really not B. But with, with, with the impact transfers with Cormac, Ryan, Harrison Ingram, RJ Back, and Amando, and then Cadeau, they, they go toe-to-toe with Duke. I think Duke has a little bit more of the edge because they got the four returning players. They've got a great freshman class. This freshman class, guys, really can shoot the ball from the outside. You're going to see an excellent Duke three-point shooting team this year. may not rebound, Uh, as well as they have in the past, but uh, they'll be a great shooting team. I have Duke inside the top 10. I have Carolina inside the top 20.
2: Walker, you've said really the last couple weeks as we've been gearing up for the ACC or the, the college basketball season, you're sneaky excited about what this Carolina team is going to look like and it's gonna look different how excited are you to see these two teams kick off
0: their seasons tonight oh yeah very excited I, i think with north carolina the intrigue comes from the unknown the intrigue comes from what i think is going to be a different identity didn't take very long to realize that that backcourt just didn't mesh well with one another rj davis and caleb love and it's north carolina you give them the benefit of the doubt because of their history but it certainly did not look good compared to other championship teams at the very beginning of last season. And that proved to be true time and time again. Here, Paul Biancardi, other national pundits are telling you, yeah, Elliot Cadeau, he's not Caleb Love. That is a different player in the backcourt with RJ Davis. Harrison Ingram, a guy that I'm very fascinated by. It doesn't mean that I think he's going to be this amazing all first team ACC player, although I think there is that potential. I'm just fascinated because there hasn't been a wing like this that can facilitate at his level since Theo Pinson. And I think Harrison Ingram is stronger than Theo Pinson. I think you probably have more of an inside game with Harrison Ingram. So that's what I'm excited about. And Armando Baycott, we talked about it, Wes. You saw him at ACC tip-off. Looks skinnier. Looks a little more fit. Hopefully that translates into the next level where he does have a shot to make an NBA roster. And Duke is just loaded everywhere. All right, So the intrigue is easy there. North Carolina, you got to make the case because it's a different basketball team. I think it's a different identity. But Wes, the Blue Devils, they're stacked because everybody came back. Oh, and they're still recruiting at a high level.
1: They definitely are, and they look like a team that should be able to represent the ACC uh, and go deep into the tournament. And I like how, being caught, he kind of just skipped over the Miamis uh, of the world as well, but North Carolina too, uh, you can't wait to see with those veteran players like a Davis and Bacow what they learned from last year that they'll apply to this year uh to be better. We know Cormac and those guys weren't there for that, but they understand what it's like or they understand what it means to put that jersey on, and if they don't, they will, and so this is a basketball team that I'm going to be interested to see how the veterans on this team, the guys that have been there, how they respond to what happened last year because that's going to be Uh, the key to everything just the basketball character of the returning guys and what they're able to do
0: and and John Shire you know pretty mum on different players and how they're going to impact the team going forward Um, but we all know about the talent that's why it we just we know how it's going to look I'm that's what I'm excited about but, Vidi, I mean, you were there with Hubert Davis discussing Harrison Ingram. How stoked did he seem about him? I mean, genuinely so. By the way, you could see it in his expression. Yeah, man, it, it, at least he, at least he thinks Harrison Ingram is the real deal. Even more so than when he landed him.
2: I think he's the key for this team, either competing for the ACC or being a middle of the road team because they want to play different. They want to play small. You put that, you got to be able to defend bigger guys. You got to be able to rebound against bigger guys. If he can do it, I think Carolina
0: is poised to. Finished top three in the league. There is a Jay Glazer soundbite on the Josh McDaniels exit <laughs> that we don't have enough time for, but we have to play on this radio station. So we're going to do it a little bit later. But we have to talk about also some more college football, Carolina, and plenty of other plenty of other things we haven't gotten to yet on a jam-packed Monday edition of Wes and Walker. It's all still to come on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
3: Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: Welcome back, folks, on a Monday to the Wesson Walker Show a theme song for Cody Rhodes, man. WWE Crown Jewel was this weekend. Cody Rhodes did get the win. Roman, we- Roman Reigns uh, got the win as well in the big uh, main event. Yeah! Uh, over him, over L.A. Knight. Oh, our guy got beat? Yeah, he did, man. L.A. Knight. Everybody knew that this was a match that was just an appetizer. Nobody thought L.A. Knight had a real shot to go in and get a win against Roman. He's not going to lose unless it's in epic fashion. He's been wwe champ for over three years now so nobody was thinking that it was going to come off at crown jewel you and know?
2: the nfl does do, i'm sorry walker
0: no you're good you got it what you got
2: and, or in, in wwe do, do the scripts get leaked like they do in the nfl or you know <laughs> no. you know I, how, do, how do you explain getting beat like oh yeah the writers just hated no me the this, scripts does not
1: they did not get leaked but then sometimes though you do get if a show is like pre-recorded like they did Friday night Smackdown pre-recorded because all the stars were traveling over there to the Middle East to, for the show. So you will get some leaks sometimes like that of what's going to happen, or you will get leaks of plans that they have for different wrestlers uh, as far as what they're going to do with their story arcs or whatnot. But you can tell a lot of times what matches. You can just read the tea leaves to tell who's going to win and who's
0: not. You know what they say. What do they say? when it rains it pours
1: <laughs> so yeah man but anyway it was a it was a okay then i was i wasn't that uh, great about it did i miss something Roman Reigns, Reigns of oh, course. Oh, you got me. You know, I just wanted. So does that mean it was bad? Yeah, because I, I didn't catch that one.
0: <laughs> I think it was just too sophisticated it for was. both of you, yeah, that to pick was. up on. What's hilarious is that I was gonna drop that, but then Fitty undercut me, and so that was what everybody was waiting for, quote unquote, and that delivery, and it was just, uh, it was a mess from the get go. So the, I, I think apologize too, you to you. Said it so
1: casually. I think that's what kind of didn't bring it home all the way you know Mm -hmm. because normally if you would have had a little bit of emphasis been like when it rains it pours and i probably would have caught
0: that. i'm often one though that that's borderline in the neighborhood of trying to explain your joke yeah 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 yeah. i got you and then when you explain your joke it's not not as funny yeah and fitty in the background totally gets it so despite giving me the crickets i stand by it
1: all right so now when we go back Into the Panthers and keep the text coming, 7045709610. Text line has been jumping all day, and we appreciate that. And so now when we look at the Chicago Bears and and this team, and this is no doubt two of the worst teams in the NFL, and for one, the first question is, was Sunday rock bottom? And two, how much worse could things get against Chicago? Because Chicago will have – plenty of incentive to beat the Panthers and keep them down so that that pick just stays nice and high.
0: Say your question one more time.
1: Understand (laughs) that, you know, for one, was Sunday rock bottom for the Panthers and they can go nowhere but up after that performance? Or how much worse could things get against the Bears?
0: All right, so I'll go with the first one. Is it rock bottom? I think the fan base if we're allowing the text line to serve as the fan base would tell you yes i was asking Fiddy when you went out and and i was just me and Fiddy here in the studio i mm-hmm. said do you think this is the angriest the text line has ever been mm-hmm. like people it's that bad right now and i think he said yeah right like I, I don't know another time this year that they've been this angry i asked this question what i think it was after the vikings loss because that was the last time that you could try to get some momentum going into the middle portion of the season. After that, it would be Detroit and Miami. And everybody knew if you lost that game to Minnesota, 0-6 wasn't only on the table. It was extremely likely. We would know afterwards that that's exactly what would happen. They would finish 0-6. I asked if that was going to be rock bottom. Here, I think what got people so upset was that you couldn't build off of the one game you won last week. And you looked like that. And it was your number one overall QB who are supposed to be feeling very good about. A lot of it was his fault as to why you ended up losing. Now, I don't want to just solely blame Bryce Young. The pick sixes were god awful, but the offensive line was too. And somebody wrote this in. I apologize for not giving you credit. You can take credit if you want on the text line. Somebody said, it's not that Bryce Young is losing confidence in himself. He's losing confidence in the offensive line. And I think there's some truth to that. How could you not? If you're running for your life all the time, if interior pass rush is king and your interior pass protection has been among the worst, what, three-man units in all the NFL, then you can't step up into the pocket. And if that was one of the big selling points about drafting a smaller QB was, hey, look at how they created throwing lanes for Drew Brees. Russell Wilson, if it wasn't working interior, then he could escape the pocket. That would help with Bryce Young. But Ikiakuanu hasn't been very good this year. So the offensive line has not allowed Bryce Young, I think, to fully reach his potential even in year one in the NFL. So it does feel like a little, it's a little rock bottom. What the good news is, the NFL its a different league every single week, especially on short week. I can't sit here and tell you to expect better football on Thursday night because history on Thursday night football has shown us you're going to get the poop fest. That's what Richard Sherman called it, and that's what we've seen a lot in these types of quote-unquote primetime games. But what I can tell you is that maybe Carolina wins that ugly game. Maybe. Hopefully we don't see the pick sixes, but, yeah, I think you can see stuff look up for them because it's not like Chicago's very good. So maybe that's the way that Carolina can win.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think that Sunday was really bad, and I think it was pretty much close to rock bottom when you talk about your first-round pick leaving not a lot of room for optimism for people who already didn't like him. But I do think that Thursday it could be worse because if you go out there and you get rocked by the Bears, but also the people who are doing said rocking, if Deontay Foreman comes out and has a monster game, he's had over 80 yards rushing in two of his last three games. You know that he is looking forward to playing the Panthers, especially after they chose Miles Sanders over him. You know D.J. Moore is looking to have a big game to show the Panthers what they are missing. D.J. Moore comes out and has a huge game. Deontay Foreman comes out and has a huge game. And you lose to Tyson Badgett, who comes from Shepherd University. Uh, I like his moxie. I like his story. But if you come out and lose to this football team, especially if it is in convincing fashion, then I think you've officially hit rock bottom. You lost to an Indianapolis Colts team that's mediocre, sure. But if you come out and get dealt with by one of the worst teams in the league besides yourself and, oh, yeah, the guys who used to put on a uniform for you that you could have had for much cheaper, talking about Deontay Foreman and a wide receiver that you could have still had comes out and dominates that football game, I think that would just – I think the fans are already pretty much over the edge now, but I think that that would just send everybody into a tizzy, and I think that there might be a lynch mob – uh, waiting for Scott Fitterer at the
0: office. I think it depends on how ugly Carolina looks in that loss, because that that's part of the problem with this Colts game is that they looked so horrible offensively, and Bryce Young himself looked bad. That's why we have the angriest text line we've ever seen in our show's history, which is going on a year, by the way. We're about to celebrate the one-year anniversary, and just we gotta do something for that man. We
1: getting us a cake? Who? Yeah, we gotta do something.
0: I why just are you looking might.
2: at me? Well, it's y'all show. Oh, you- oh, it's our show now. Oh, I love Is it. Is my
1: name on the show? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, if it's just our show, then we'll just... You can just be back down the boards. You like that proposition? Wes, do you want to run the board? I don't know how. <laughs> no, he can, just, he can just do the board. Okay. He can just okay. do the board. Oh, if, he, gotcha. if, if it's if it's just our show then,
0: and he doesn't want to talk anymore, you know? But that's not we- my fault. I wanted i wanted to learn how to do the board, but it's just I'll like, handle the cake. I can handle the cake. Can your mom handle the cake is that okay <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, that's
2: good out of you that makes up for that bad joke you had to start the segment I'm
0: just asking it's really see. it's really good pound cake yeah, I'll man see. i'll see that's I'll all see what i'm we can do. saying i'll just throw that out fudge there. oh i do like fudge too miss julie get on it if you're if you're going to add fudge into the equation it only makes things better Eddie, what are you gonna
1: break myself and then I'm going to get us some hats yeah, and thank stuff you. like that, some
0: little yeah. little blower thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, What are I'm, those called, streamers? I don't know what they're called, Um, but I like the party hat. I like that Yeah, idea. we're going to do all that. We can decorate the studio if we want to. Yeah, we're
1: going to do a big.
0: I, I like all that. We can get some balloons. It is your one-year anniversary. We can go the Dwight Schrute route. I'm really excited about this. I say we get into planning and uh, continue this maybe off-mic and maybe even on-mic. On it doesn't matter. I'm just here to plan for it.
1: Yeah, so Spence says on the text line, Wes, if we get punked by former Panthers players on Thursday, it might cost Coach Reich his job. I don't know if that will be an indictment on Reich, and I don't think he'll yeah. his job. But, yeah, man, that's not going to look good for a role of Scott Fitterer, though.
0: That's the guy. That's the guy. You yeah. traded D.J. Moore, and D.J. Moore, at least to the first five games, we'll get to his production in just a moment, But you traded D.J. Moore to go get Bryce Young, and that's the very quarterback in question right now. You traded or you did not bring back Deontay Foreman, despite having a pretty small contract that he agreed to with Chicago. And instead, you gave that contract to Miles Sanders. Pretty good performance from him against the Colts, but still, that does not wipe out the lack of production that he had had before this game against Indianapolis. He gave you two rushing attempts in that Houston game for a total of zero yards. It's going to take a little more than just what he did against Indianapolis. If you look at DJ Moore, though, here's what's interesting. QB production has not been there. Justin Fields been injured. I think that has to do, I think that has a lot to do with him falling off in the last four games. But the first five of the season, here are DJ Moore's numbers. 25 receiving yards in the opener, 100 in the second game, 41 in the third, 131, 230 on that Thursday night football matchup, with three touchdowns, could have had more, except the officials incorrectly called him out of bounds. The next four games for DJ, Wes, he doesn't have any outing above 55 yards receiving. Falling off just a little bit. A lot of that has to do with Tyson Bajent coming in. Yes, Justin Fields being gone. As, as Is it Bajent or Bajent? I don't know. They might be Bajent. I think it's Bajent. Secret Bajent man. That should be his nickname. So if it's Tyson Bajan, who has been playing well enough, okay, 50 yards for DJ Moore. But I I do think if Justin Field starts playing, I do think that production goes up. And because of Bajan going in there, Wes, that serves your point. Deontay Foreman is probably the guy that you worry more about going off on this defense
1: yeah and they're coming into the game with some momentum as well when you look at what they did against new orleans they ran for 156 yards deontay foreman as i said had 83 of those yards on 20 carries so they were uh feeding him as well they allowed less than 100 yards rushing this defense they're the third best run defense in the league, so over the last six games they've only been giving up 58 rushing yards per game so the panthers if they're not careful could go into this game Uh, and get embarrassed. There's no question about it. And so real quick uh, to touch on college football in this segment, Jordan Travis and the Noles went and played Pitt in a game where I said that Florida State could be in a little bit of danger because they like to play with their food. And so he went out there, no Keon Coleman, no Johnny Wilson, but he was 22 or 36, 360 yards through for a season high, had a 22-yard touchdown pass and a one-yard touchdown run. Completed passes to eight different receivers. So he definitely went out there and made lemonade with the lemons that he was given. He's thrown a touchdown in 21 straight games. And so is this a young man that is being underrated when you talk about Heisman consideration? Should he be on his way to New York if he continues this season the way that he's been playing thus far?
0: I just don't think he's going to win it. I do think that New York is certainly in the cards. But, Wes, I think what we're starting to see now is the opinion on the ACC is going way downhill with everybody falling off. That's the unfortunate. Instead of Tar Heels. Uh, Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the Tar Heels can't lose to Virginia and Georgia (laughs) Tech the way that they did and continue to have the ACC higher than what they originally were. Even if their non-conference schedule at the beginning of the season, especially their record against the SEC, was favorable. We're going to forget that. Because it's all about what have you done for me lately. And the ACC, starting to get a little chaotic as the season goes on. I, I don't think that Florida State is going to get enough of the respect to propel Jordan Travis to actually win the Heisman. But I do think that he absolutely could go to New York. And I, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, J.J. McCarthy, Jordan Travis, those are your top five guys right now in the Heisman Odds. It might be tough to pass some of these guys, but if Florida State goes undefeated, you're going to leave Jordan Travis out? I don't know if I can see that, man. And, and Jaden Daniels, despite putting up a ton of numbers, I mean, if LSU loses again, that's a four-loss team. I, the only guy to lose three might be Lamar Jackson, who had a crazy season. RG3. rg two going back even before Lamar, but Lamar was the last guy. Yeah, I know Jane Daniels has been good, but that's still a lot to ask for, to lose that many games and still go to New York. Yeah, I think Jordan Travis, if they're undefeated, which is on the table, would be going to New York City.
1: Yeah, you look at him, 26 TDR right now to only two interceptions, 64% uh, percent completions. And when you look at the field in front of him, yeah, I think that star is going to drop on Jane Daniels, especially if he misses the game or they lose another uh, Bo Nix Oregon, they've got to get through their slate and win a Pac-12 championship game. Same thing with Michael Penix. Uh, they've got a tough schedule ahead, too. So there could be some guys that get knocked out uh, en route to the Heisman ceremony. And also J.J. McCarthy. He's going to have a huge game against Ohio State at the end of the year and got a big one coming this weekend against Penn State. So, yeah, if I was to bet right now whether I think he does or does not get to New York, uh, I'm going to say yes. I think with the way that he's playing right now, uh, Florida State, we know that the respect that they've had from what they did in the past, but I think Jordan Travis is going to find a way to find himself in New York if he continues to play uh, the type of football that he's been playing.
0: All right, let's go around the room. Top three, I because it's, it's tough for me. Jaden Daniels, his numbers are pretty crazy. I mean, even 160 yards rushing in this to oh, Alabama
1: against Bama before he got
0: hurt. Yeah, so you have the rushing totals there. He's run for over 100 yards a couple times. Had the 99 yard output against Ole Miss, and for I mean that game against Ole Miss where he goes for over 500 yards of total offense, but they lose. Then how much do you hold against him? You know, Bo Nix, who's who's the QB? That deserves to be on the outs in order to allow Jordan Travis to surpass them in the Heisman odds. I, it's really tough. You've, you've had some really impressive quarterback I would play say Jordan year. Daniels. Jaden Daniels is what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. What about you, Fiddy? Who's the guy that deserves to be out? If you're coming up with a top three list that Jordan Travis is on, maybe you don't think he deserves to be up there. But Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Jaden Daniels, who of those three? J.J. McCarthy, who of those four do you think... Jordan Travis deserves to pass in order to be in the top three.
2: You, you got to take Jaden Daniels off because okay. in the playoff era, it's, a, it's you know, whatever team is playing for a championship, generally that's where the award goes to. So I could make the argument Caleb Williams deserves to still to to, to get a second Heisman trophy because the the way he played the other night, he's not the reason why USC's got three losses.
0: Did that just counteract what you said about Jaden Daniels though? Oh
2: yeah, but I'm um, okay.
1: But uh, but <laughs> I, I i mean
2: I think I think Williams is better. Okay. So
0: Wes, you're giving me a little bit of a thank
1: you. Nah, face. you know, I just don't see Caleb getting in there with the three losses that they've had because like I said, the Hosman is all about moments and so yeah, I think he's had a great season, but I think the Notre Dame game really killed that with the way that he played in that game with all the turnovers that he was responsible for. Plus, I don't think the guys in front of him, they have uh, some huge games in front of them and I don't know that everybody's going to falter in those spots and able for him to get back in the mix.
0: Scott and Belmont last one putting in a a, a good moment here on the text line. I think it's a good point. Uh, Trexler-Ivy for 277 yards after <laughs> having that comeback. I do think that might get him to New York.
1: That just might me. get him there yeah. when he takes a trip with his family and they go up there to do a little bit of sightseeing. But uh, Fitty, last flash of the day. Can we get that in really quick? It's all right City. A
0: little hometown or a big old city.
1: Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little fitty. why
2: We're flashing. I know it's late, but damn it. I wanted to talk about IUPUI. Yeah. Winning the first men's college basketball game of 2023-2024. <laughs> they beat the Spalding Pelicans 70 to 63. And my guy, Jalen Counter, 20 points, 8 of 13 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3, and the Jaguars off to a
0: hot start to open up the men's college basketball season. Been to many uh, IUPUI camp back in my elementary school days played with some members of the IUPUI basketball team, and let me tell you, there was a 6'4 post player that I played with at the Fieldhouse League that happens around the Indianapolis area, and let me tell you, that guy Gave was a business. monster. Monster. Just a complete... Couldn't get around him. Probably weighed like 280 pounds, but again, only 6'4", and you're talking about dudes that are 6'9", that can't block a shot, can't get rebounds, because he just moves you out of the way. Shouts to IUPUI. That's my analysis. I'm sure Fiddy is
1: very excited. I bet if he could, he could just have a mic at his house and just hang out and never come out again. You know how he doesn't come out when sports are on. And now with college basketball, all the games I talked about between the ACC men and women's alone just today, 23 basketball games on our horizon. So it is that time of the year. But when we come back, we're going to close this thing down on Sports Radio 92.7 WFN.
0: We got you all hyped up for college basketball season with an IUPUI update. I did not realize that I would be doing that, but I'm happy about it. Go Jags, baby. Again, I went to camp up there quite a few times with the basketball camp. The pride of one George Hill. IUPUI. Yeah, man. Go Indiana University, Purdue University indianapolis it's wesley walker finishing out the day talking college basketball and no i guess we won't give you uh, if i ask you fitty what conference they play in would you have been able to tell me
1: Ooh, go ahead and play the mail. yeah <laughs> come
0: on no, you don't know, you know no, want to get right. it wrong i hear you i hear you uh, but yes, I couldn't even tell you what conference they play in. I'm still looking it up right now, but we don't even have to talk about those conference predictions. Maybe we can give those to you at a later date. Mm-hmm. We can give you some ACC conference predictions though. Wes, what are, what's, I don't know. We got storylines. We talked about it with the ACC tip off, but is there any prediction that you feel really good about heading into this college basketball season? It could be anything. Whatever you want to give me.
1: Uh, I'm going to go, I don't know how bold it is. I think Duke is going to make good on their potential. I think they get to a final four this year, and I think they win the ACC. If we want to do a top three, top five, or whatever the case may be, but I think Duke is at the top, and I think they'll stay there. I think Shia showed what they did over the second half of the season. He's starting to round that program into shape in his image and not Coach K's, and I think he has the requisite talent to be able to do so, and he recruited a lot of the top guys anyway.
0: What you got, Fiddy? I saw you jump up. Did you find out what conference they play in?
1: And you, you're you're gonna
2: say I'm lying? I was gonna I was gonna guess the Horizon League because of where they are in the world, and that that is where. Yep. They are.
0: So the Horizon League used to have Butler, mm-hmm. Wright State. That used to be a fun league. Cleveland don't, State used to be good. Don't you miss those like conferences back in the day that you knew what the small conferences were, and you just loved watching a random mid-major conference on college basketball, or even football back in the day. But now everything gets changed so much, you have no clue what's going on.
2: Damn real. I'm, I still do it with the Mac. I, I watch, especially when with the, when when Rick Patina was I, at, mm-hmm. I, at at Iona. Watched a lot of Iona and the King Reichs at Monmouth. I'd watch those games a lot.
0: I just remember their NCAA tournament game. That was crazy. Against BYU, mm-hmm. I believe. They came back. That was nuts. ACC prediction from you. Fiddy, it can be about your heels. It can be about one of their foes. Any ACC prediction that you have on the table for 2023-24?
2: There's no way I can say this without being painted as a Carolina homer. I picked Carolina on my podcast to win the ACC regular season and I picked them to make the final 4. Uh, cuz I like I really like the roster and the build that Heber Davis has in Chapel Hill and I think they got a dude, they got a bunch of dudes that actually care.
0: I'm more excited about them than I am willing to to bet on them, but it just feels like such a difference from last year, and that's a good thing. They needed something wildly different than the feeling that surrounded them with Caleb Love, with Armando Baycott. Man, they are so ready to flush all of that down the drain. I, they didn't want to talk about it at all, really, and they gave—I mean— they were accepting of the questions. I don't mean it like that. Hubert Davis was willing to talk about it, and so was Armando, but they did want to move on so quickly. I do like what North Carolina's going to bring. My question is, how back is Virginia? Because I think their talent is sweet. They got some transfers. They got some talent coming into that program. They have a couple of pros. They do have Reese Beekman coming back, so it's not like they are completely void of experience, but that's a real wild card to me because the floor is only going to be so low for the Cavaliers. Tony Bennett, though, was kind of shrugging off all the talent that he got this year. and He's like, you know, it, it's not like years past where guys like Kyle L- uh, Guy and Ty Jerome, they were coming back, and we added a DeAndre Hunter onto him, but it does feel like even without the all the experience coming back, it does feel like they got a lot of talent.
1: Alright, so do you have a, a top three and a player of the year? I do. Right, go, go ahead, ahead Fanny. Fanny.
2: Carolina, Duke, Miami, player of the year. I'll still go Kyle Filipowski.
1: Uh I will go Duke, Miami, North Carolina as well. Uh the Demon Deacons on my dark horse to be up in the top 5 and I'm going to go with Flip as the player of the year.
0: Yeah, it feels like going last year really hurt me because I like all of those answers. <laughs> I, I, I would go I would go there. Virginia is so interesting to me. There your dark horse I don't even know if they're a dark horse, really, right? Mm-hmm. Like Virginia, still
2: young, man. They got 13 returning minutes from last year.
0: They're really talented, though.
2: They're young, though, in that
0: system. Well, Beekman, but Beekman, you said 13. Well, no, well, no, no, it's not 13. Yeah, Be- I mean Beekman played a ton. That guy's so good. But player of the year. I like Flip. I don't think they're going to give it to Armando. I think they're going to cannibalize each other a little bit on that North Carolina squad. Yeah, I'll go with Flip. And I reserve the right to change that answer as we move on so I can be right. That'll do it for Wes and Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Wes Bryant, Josh Fiddy Marlow, Walker Mail here with you, passing it on to Kyle Bailey alongside Smoke Ludwig. Keep it right here from 3 to 6 p.m.